Well, good evening. Merry Christmas. Are you ready for tomorrow? Who's going to get up early to beat Santa Claus? It's not even possible to beat Santa Claus. Oh, it is. Okay. Okay. Well, it is so good to have you here tonight. It's good to be a part of our Camelback family, and I, I am privileged uh, to be here and be a part of this evening. I want to talk about this group of people that you see here. So many of us grew up maybe in our homes, and our moms and our dad had this little scene in our house. We had that in my house. As a matter of fact, I lived on the property of a church because my dad was a pastor, and so there were times that we had that out in front. And if, if you're my age, you probably remember seeing this often enough, maybe even in the town square, and it used to be around a whole lot more than it is right now, and that's probably a subject worth attacking, but that's not my subject tonight, and maybe at some point we ought to, but I want to talk about this little scene right here, because at the center of this little scene here is this little guy that we call baby Jesus. And you, you and I grow up being so familiar with this. This scene, actually, the first time it was ever publicly placed like this was about 1223. St. Francis of Assisi was the first one in recorded in history to publicly put a nativity scene like this together. And the real question is not, not how this scene is set up, but the real question is how is this scene set up in our hearts? Where is it we place Jesus in our hearts? It's, this scene is almost a picture of, of our lives. It's, it's a picture of how we place Christ in our lives. And, and, you know, and if we don't place him in the right place, life itself will let us know that. Life itself will take us to the place where we recognize, you know what, maybe I don't have something right. Maybe something is not in its right place. Problems, even though we, we know him and know about him, if life isn't set up right, it'll take us in a different direction. You might be here this evening, and you're like me. You, you might say, you know what? I, I'm a Christian. I, I go to church. I, I believe. But the question is this scene. And if you're at a place in life, and life isn't working out just the way you think it ought to, it could be that something here is not in its right place. I kind of want to step into that a little bit tonight, just for a few minutes. Maybe Jesus is not in the center of your life. Maybe, for example, the shepherds, maybe you've placed the shepherds in the center of your life, and so you've taken Jesus, and, and interestingly enough, in this nativity scene, so, somehow the shepherds have disappeared. Now, I don't want to name any names, but somehow the shepherds have disappeared. So we're going to pretend that maybe one of these wise men will face him this way so he looks like a shepherd, okay? So maybe you've placed a shepherd in the center of your life. And the shepherd actually represents our work. Maybe your eight to five, Monday through Friday, Friday is placed in the center of your life. And because your job is in the center of your life, 
your family's not in the center of your life. God's not in the center of your life. The, the priorities and, and your, your family ought to be a high priority. But in the center of our lives, if, if our job is, is the most important thing, then God is not there. And what we tend to do is we, we tend to build our life around our job. And, and then we come to a place in life where, where there's a problem in our lives, and, and, and we tend to dive into our job all the, all the way. We, we just go completely in, and, 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 our, and our, our job was not designed to carry that kind of weight. It was never designed to deal with life that way. This nativity scene is just a clear picture. And if our job, which we would kind of look at as the shepherd is, is in, 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 in the center, then we're going to have life out of balance. But maybe, maybe for you, we'll take Mary and Joseph and set them aside. And maybe for you, it's these three guys. And this is the center of your life. Now, if you don't know any better and you just look at them, they look like they ought to be the center of our lives. I mean, in this picture, they look like they should be in the center. But really, that's not how God designed us. See, see, these three guys here, they, they, they represent fame. They represent success, popularity, dreams, education, and, and, that's, and money. And, and that's who they were. And those are all good things. And God actually wants those in our lives. But if we live our lives as though those are the most important things in our lives, then we have not allowed God to be in the center of our lives. And that's where he was designed to be. You see, it's okay to have all these things, but it's not okay to have them at the center of our lives. Maybe for you, it's, well, let's put it this way. Maybe it's not Jesus, but maybe it's actually Mary and Joseph. Well, that makes a whole lot of sense. That's, that's really what it ought to be, we would think. That's family and marriage and relationships, and while they ought to be a high priority, God's design is not that they be in the center of our lives. As a matter of fact, when we do that, we place responsibility on people in our lives that God never intended that kind of responsibility to be on. And ultimately, they will only fail us. But God has designed us really so that he be at the center of our lives. Now, there's, there's one more. I, I think you're kind of getting the point here. I think you're understanding what I'm saying, and you're probably thinking, well, James, I, I got the picture. Let's go one more, okay? Let's, let's put the animals at the center of our lives. And some of you are thinking, no, no, you have gone too far. My animals are not at the center of my lives, even though I would argue your Instagram tells us otherwise. Nobody should dress their pets up like Christmas. Nobody should put those socks on their dogs. 
we, we do that to them. And then and our, our dog can't even stand up straight. And, 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 but you know, what, you know what these animals really represent? They represent other things in our lives. It can be, we, can be t- we can place our car at the center of our lives. We can place golf. We can place our hobbies. We can place other things at the center of our lives. You know, as Americans, we spent $69 billion this year on our pets. And it's projected that we will spend $72 billion on our pets this year. And for some of us, the things that, some of us even play sports there. And when our team wins, we're, we're happy. When our team loses, we are emotionally distraught. Some of us follow the Cardinals, and it, if, it were, if it weren't for Larry's touchdown pass, that, that game would not have been anything for any of us. The only thing we got away with was Larry's touchdown pass. And we, we follow the cars. And, and I know some of you, your teams are from California. Well, good luck with that because most of us are Cardinal fans here, okay? <laughs> I won't even talk about Texas. won't even go there. And those are all good things, but not at the center of our lives. That's not where God designed us. And, and I'm privileged. I, I get to stand up here on Sunday mornings and share with our church family and share perspective and, and share direction. And together we look at a life plan that, that God has for us. And, and we take a theme each month and, and we walk through that theme on all four of the Sundays. And we talk about different issues and we open up our Bible and we look at them as, what does God have to say about this theme or that theme? And, and we, are, we are so privileged and our whole, our whole staff here and our whole team get, get the opportunity to put Jesus back at the center of our lives. It's where God has designed him to be and other things to be out on the edges. It's a privilege to be able to do that. There's a passage of Scripture that I want to look at. It's in this little book called Colossians. As a matter of fact, if you want to read through a whole book of the Bible in like 20 minutes, take Colossians because you can get right through it in 20 minutes. And then you can go to work and, and you can tell your Christian friend, you know what, I read a whole book of the Bible this morning. Colossians, it's in verse 15, and I, I pulled it out of the Message Bible, and I want to look at it with you. In verse 15 it says, we look at this sun and we see the God who cannot be seen. We look at Jesus. The Christmas story is so unbelievably powerful. It weaves its way all through Scripture. It says, we look at this sun, and we see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this sun, meaning Jesus, and see God's original purpose in everything he created. Out of the four Gospels, when John writes his Gospel, he begins it by going all the way back to the beginning, and he says, God was, the Word was with God. The Creator was always, that Jesus has always been. You know, the solar system would be absolutely useless if the sun were not there. The sun is absolutely vital to the solar system. 
and your life and my life and God's design, every life, our lives revolve around who Jesus is. Everything, God is saying here, everything that happens, happens because of who he is. God points to Jesus and he says, that is me in human flesh. When Jesus stepped on this earth, born as this little baby, when he became human, he never left one bit of his deity. He was always 100% God. Only God could do something like this. And he lived and he walked among us. Do you know why? So God could say to you and I, you are so important. I want you, I, I want you to understand that I know how you feel. I know how you live life. I've been through what you've been through. And if we look at the crucifixion, how much more has he been through than we have been through? He's saying, I'm a God who understands. And then he goes on in this passage of Scripture. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below. In other words, in the highest of heavens and to the farthest reaches of any galaxy, visible and invisible, Paul says, everything got started in him and it finds its purpose in him. In other words, this little baby that we celebrate on Christmas Day was the creator of the universe, brought to us in the form of a baby, knowing everything about our lives, knowing everything about everything, and having all the power that is even possible to have. Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. This moment, right here, right now. This little baby came to be your savior and came to be my savior. And we call it Christmas. And we live in this country and we have Christmas probably better than, more, more so than most parts of the world. Right up to this moment. I'll talk about that in a second. Then he goes on to say, and when it comes to the church, he organizes and he holds it all together. Even in all of its perfections, God holds it together. Knowing that, what is it we're going to do with that? When he says, even right up to this moment. You know what this moment is? This moment is the moment that you and I are talking about a Savior who came to us in the form of a baby, who God sent to us to be our Savior because this is a broken world, and we need a Savior. You and I are are designed by, by God. And we, he pursues us with his Holy Spirit because what he wants more than anything else is relationship with us. He wants us to recognize that he is our Savior. 
And when we recognize that he is our Savior, and we just point to that and we say, I understand it. I believe it. And I choose you to be my Savior. You see, you have to choose him to be your Savior. He is not going to force himself on you, me, or anybody else. So the first thing we need to do, understanding this story, understanding who Jesus is, is invite him into our lives. Invite him in. And, and if we really want to follow him closely, if, if we really want to allow him to all the corners of our lives, we invite him into every area of our lives. All through Scripture, this happens. For the three years that Jesus walked on this planet, from story to story, Jesus met people and he changed not just their lives, but he changed eternity for them. So when we leave this planet, we go to be with him. But while we're here on this planet, he walks through life with us in every area. See, not just on Sundays. Some of us have, have delegated Jesus just to Sundays. And that's easy to do because we, maybe we grew up in church and, and we grew up in church in, in a church that, that really Sundays were like nothing else. The chairs were different than everything else. The windows were different than everything else. Even the language was different than everything else. But God says, that's not what I want to be. I, I want to be in every single day of your life. So inviting him in, inviting him into all the areas of our lives, and when we do that, we can step into the next year with a passion and a purpose and understanding that Christ is in the center, the very center of our lives. That's God's plan. That's his desire. And he wants to do that with every single one of us. As a matter of fact, probably one of the weirdest things all through the New Testament. The strangest one was perhaps when Jesus was nailed to the cross. And on each side of him, there was a thief, and those thieves were nailed to the cross. And they were nailed to the cross because they were unbelievable criminals. And, and the one of them ridiculed Jesus, and the other one looked at Jesus, and you know what he did? He recognized who Jesus was. Surely, he said, this man is the Son of God. Surely you are the Son of God. And you know what Jesus did? He did what he did all through the New Testament. He turned to this man and he said, today, today you will be with me in paradise. And before that night came, both Jesus and that thief on the tree were in heaven together. This is what God does in peace, and he wants to do it in all of our lives. We are unbelievably blessed we're unbelievably fortunate. The creator of the universe chose us to send his son in the form of a baby to die for you and for me to be our savior. You know what I love about Christmas? That's what I love about Christmas. And you know what else I love about Christmas? We get to have a lot of fun with it. We get to have a blast with it. And we end every year. Listen to this. We end every single year going through Christmas having Santa Claus 
having all the joy, giving, getting our families together, giving each other gifts, getting gifts, and, and just having a great time. Here in, in the life of our family church, we do it every single year. We take the whole month of December and we make it about Christmas. It's such a great way to end the year. And God, being who he, did, he is, do you know what he does? At the end of this year, here's what he does. He gives us a brand new start. He, we let a week go by and we step into the new year. We get a do-over every single year. And we get to launch 2019. And, and we get the opportunity to take this story of Christmas and start again. And maybe this year, the difference will be recognizable because we'll see, you know what? I wish this past year I had actually placed him in the center of my life. And we get to step into the next year with a fresh start, placing him in the center of our lives. We get that opportunity over and over again. And God designed us and designed everything so we could have this relationship. And, and he even does this on a daily and a weekly and a monthly basis with us because he knew that we would mess up. My challenge to you this morning, this evening, is as we end this year, let's just enjoy Christmas. Let's experience Christmas. Let's experience Christmas knowing that Christ is our Savior. How do we do that? We recognize who he is. We invite him into our lives. And frankly, go all in and allow him into the, all of the areas of your life and all the corners of your life. And 2019 will be a year that you come to Christmas and you look back and you are blown away because your thought process will no longer be, I don't know if I can. Your process, thought process will be, I know I can. And this was a great year and I'm looking forward to the next year because of who Jesus Christ is. Stand together with me. Let me pray with you. Our team's going to come back up. We're going to sing again, and we're going to worship God and just have a, a great time in closing. And then we're going to go outside, and we are going to forget the fact that we're on the keto diet or any other diet. We're just going to ignore it, okay? If you go out there and you're on the keto diet, every one of those cookies, by some movement of the Holy Spirit, are on this keto diet, okay? Don't worry about a thing. Lord, we thank you so much because of who you are. I thank you, Father, that 2,000 years ago, you came in the form of a baby and you lived a life so that we could understand that you understand. For those of us here tonight, God, who have recognized that and just by knowing it and acknowledging it and pointing to you and accepting you as their Savior, moving from spiritual death to spiritual life, taking them from the outside and making them a part of your family. Not, not just your creation anymore, but your creation and your child in your family. And Lord, those of us who've been following you and we recognize that this year, we just haven't been all in. But as we end this year up and this Christmas up, purposing in 2019 to be all in. God, we look forward to it. 
Bless us this evening. Bless us even through this season as we continue to celebrate who you are. In your name we pray. And everybody said, Amen.